Reach your financial goals with Royal Credit Union. Whether you're borrowing or saving, Royal is here to help put your goals within reach. When you choose Royal Credit Union, you're getting great rates and a financial partner that you can grow with. From savings and checking accounts to vehicle and home loans, Royal offers the financial solutions you need and the advice you can trust. Learn how Royal Credit Union can help with your financial goals and open your account today at rcu.org slash financial goals. Insured by NCUA. Loan subject to credit approval. Were the Minnesota Wild ever really contenders this season, or were they pretenders? We discussed that, plus the importance of a plump draft coming up in June before taking a peek around the NHL and into your questions. As always, we're created by New Voice Studios, brought to you by Talk North, Grain Belt, Jim Beam, Livia, and Royal Credit Union. This is Season 4, Episode 177. At Jim Beam, they know the importance of tradition, like chanting, let's play hockey prior to the start of each game or playing the state of hockey anthem after a wild win. This season, raise one to your fan family with the bourbon that invites us all to come as friends and leave as family. Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey, the official bourbon whiskey partner of the Minnesota Wild and XL Energy Center. Drink smart. Jim Beam Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume. Copyright 2021. James B. Beam Distilling Company, Incorporated, Fairmont, Kentucky. Hello, everybody. What's up? We're back. Episode 177. God, we are getting closer to 200. And that excites me greatly, Kirsten. I'm just letting you know. It excites me so much. I just felt I should say that. You also give the vibes that you're that person, like when your speedometer changes to like a certain milestone, like 99,999 when it changes over to 100,000 miles that like that just like does something for you. Okay, ma'am. Uh, let's <laughs> shut up. Don't call me ma'am. <laughs> Kirsten and I were talking about how we have reached. Now, I am probably of an appropriate age to be referred to as ma'am. She is not. And it's grinding her gears, if you will. It's 20-year-olds calling me ma'am. I'm 26. Like, I don't need people two, three years younger than me calling me ma'am. That's fair. That's like, I mean, if you don't know my name, say you don't know my name. Like, these are my coworkers. Like, if you don't know, just ask me. <laughs> don't call me ma'am. Remove ma'am from the vocabulary. That's how I feel when I walk into the Minnesota Wild locker room sometimes. I'm like, too young, too young. Like, I just, it's it's a rough go in this industry sometimes to... Uh, Stay young and youthful. I do recommend cutting your own hair uh, like myself if you are feeling the need to do so. Not bad, it's right? It's nice for summer. Are you vibing with it? Yeah, I think so. I still cannot believe I just went, shoop, I, not from a menti bee or anything like that, but here I we are. I can't believe you did it either, but you also shaved part of your head last summer. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it's on brand for you. It is on brand. I like to change things up. I have no fear. Thanks to my anxiety medication, we just we just do what we want to do. It's very helpful. Let's talk a little hockey, though, if you will. We've got cues coming up at the end. We're going to talk about predictions for NHL awards, which I'm sure you all love to hear. Sorry, Minnesota not represented the wild, mind you. Uh, but first, Kirsten, big question I have is, you know, now that we're still removed, I don't want to keep harping on like, oh, the season was a disappointment. The season was a failure, blah, blah, blah. But seeing the teams that are now continuing to advance Carolina, the first team to get into a conference final game out in the East, um, was Minnesota, were they real contenders or were they pretenders? You know, were they, was this team built for a deep playoff run or were they lucky to be in the postseason? I mean, you look at 
the difference between last year's squad and this year's squad, and they're built very differently. And again, Bill Guerin did some different things with the team. Now everybody kept thinking that this team was a playoff team. I still wasn't convinced. I think they were good enough to get out of the first round. I'm not under the impression that they were contenders ever. And I, that's just my vibe. What are you thinking? I think to say they were a pretender is a little harsh, but they definitely weren't a contender. We knew going into the season, they weren't a team built to make a cup run. This wasn't the year for that. And you and I, we've said this time and time again, Jesse, we thought they were a bubble team and like lucky to be a bubble team if that. So they definitely exceeded expectations. But no, this team was not going to win a Stanley Cup this season. No, definitely not. Now, that being said, looking ahead to the future again, not harping on the salary cap, yada, yada. But the draft is coming up at the end of June here. Um, you know a lot about the guys that are coming through. You've worked with the USHL. You've seen a lot of these players develop. You obviously know some from college as well. How important is this year's draft for the Minnesota Wild moving into the future, knowing how they need to have these ELC guys, knowing they need to have these young guys? Again, I reiterate, ladies and gentlemen, very, very hard to go from being a 19-year-old in juniors to a 19-year-old in the NHL. So I'm not saying that the Minnesota Wild are going to go out and get this Connor Bedard immediate impact player. They won't because Chicago freaking swiped that, that whatever that we need to get. We need to dive into that. We'll we dive into, into that it. as well. But I mean, they've got a first round, two seconds, and then they gave away their third and fourth and then five, six, seven. Is it of importance this year more so than other years? Do you think, or not really? I don't love that. They don't have a third or fourth round pick. I really don't love that because I think if they were going to do that in a draft year, this was not the one to do it. Um, and that's probably with why with some of the deals that they had made, they were able to do that because everyone knows this is a very deep draft this season. Um, I think their picks are going to be crucial. I don't know exactly what's Billy G's mindset heading into this year's draft. Cause I think there's a lot of areas that they need to dive into. A lot of people are probably going to be like, Center. We need to get a center. So that's mm -hmm. probably what people are going to say need to be their number one need. Um, I, I don't know, but I think truly every single team is going to get some valuable players and assets to their franchise heading in just heading into the future from this draft. So I don't know exactly what they're looking for, but there's a lot, especially in that first round, there's a lot of talented guys that are going to be available. And then even still in the second round too. So it's going to be interesting to see what they can do there, but the Chicago getting presumably Bedard is a gut punch. You had texted me that evening, just full of, full of venom and fire. Are you, I mean, you seem cooled down now, but are you still as upset now? I will re I will say, no, I don't think it's rigged. Technically, Chicago did have quite a few things in there. It's just very convenient that Chicago gets to have a generational talent. It seems very convenient that an original six it seems very convenient that they even get a first round pick to begin mm -hmm. with, considering what they have been covering up with the sexual harassment um, of Kyle Beach back in the day. I mean, that's mm -hmm. a scandal of all scandals. It's very convenient. I It's yeah. not rigged because that seems ridiculous, but it's. It just seems odd. Just like how it was always convenient for Montreal and how this is the second big time moment that Anaheim's been screwed over. So it's just yes. it's convenient. It's convenient. Convenience is a good um, word for it, right? Yeah. I forgot for a second where we were even going with this because then I just started getting angry all over again. I forget what I even texted you that night when the draft happened. You were very upset. Like I think I texted you that I'm giving up. I think yeah. that's what I said. 
Yeah, that's generally your go-to, it seems, is that you just it give is. up when you're unhappy. Like, we're just giving it up. Is. We're not going to fight like, through it. We're just giving up. It's like the Minnesota Wild in the first round. We're just giving yeah. up. Yeah. Like, I needed an emotional support closet that when stuff like that happens, I can just go in there, shut the door, and, like, no one can find me, bug me. That's what I'm going to start doing. And, like, I'm going to put some snacks in my closet. Like, that's going to be my move. Um, But, no, you brought up a very good point that I want to touch on Um, with the Kyle Beach that scandal that went down, how Chicago's even able to have a first round pick this year just blows my freaking mind there. What were the situations? There were two first round picks taken away from two different organizations. One team was holding workouts when they shouldn't have, or something. people don't even know about the NHL combine to say the least. Like, no. So that was one reason a team was stripped of their first round pick. And then the other was, I think it was Tampa. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not confident that it was, it was tampering, Tampa. right? Maybe Something like it was a legal contract signing at the time when they mm-hmm. signed it. And then after the fact, it was deemed illegal. So they were stripped of their first round pick. Tell me how those are worthy of getting stripped of your first round pick, but a sexual assault cover up for decades that also contributed to another sexual assault. Do you? still worthy of a first round pick yeah no I mean I think there needs to be still many things that need to be held accountable and it doesn't seem fair for Connor Bedard and again I mean Chicago very deliberately tanked the year I though I do say if you're gonna commit to that that's uh, maybe you do deserve something right like if you are committing to just being the laughing stock and worst team in the world that does say something because you should be I hate to say you should be rewarded, but you should, because that takes a lot to to do that. But at the same time, you're right. I think I'm more sad for Anaheim because they were screwed out of the Sidney Crosby pick, uh, getting number two. Now they're screwed out of Connor Bedard. Mm-hmm. Personally, too, I would have loved to see him go to Anaheim. And I've said this from the beginning of the year. I would love it, not only for him and Trevor Zegras, but I love growing the game. And Connor Bedard going to a place like Anaheim would be tremendous for California mm-hmm. hockey. Yes, they've already had plenty to celebrate in California more than we have in Minnesota with more cups. I'm sorry I said it, but uh, in general, I think that would have been really good for the game. I mean, Chicago's already reaping the benefits with like 5 million extra in-season ticket holders, whether they're renewing or buying great. Yeah. Chicago also doesn't just convenient that it was the season Kane left and Taves presumably retiring, whatever he's going to be doing now that this season's done convenient but also for Anaheim a great consolation prize you get Adam Fantilli if you want him he's there so I mean yeah you don't get Bedard but people are sleeping on the other picks that are available in this draft Adam Fantilli I texted my friend Alexis friend of the pod Alexis Downey who works for the Anaheim Ducks I texted her that night too and I was like you're lucky to have Fantilli like he's gonna be great in Anaheim and she's like loved him with the Chicago Steel in the USHL like excited that he is going to be here presumably again assuming Anaheim is going to take him second overall do you think the Minnesota Wild would ever move up in the draft I think that this draft they would have to give up a lot in order to move up because you don't have to right because it's so deep Mm -hmm. you don't have to also like I don't like trying to predict what Billy Garen is going to do next because no one knows. Like, no one knows. I could sit here and say, no, he's going to be just where he's at, all of the picks for the Wild. We don't know that. Like, he is always scheming. So I don't know what he's even thinking of or what's up his sleeve, what's in the works. But he's got to get crafty. So maybe the draft is going to be an area where he's going to do that. Yeah, probably not. I think he'll play it pretty safe. 
because he probably can. probably but you never know. know you don't know with him we thought at the trade deadline he wasn't going to do anything really either yeah he's always got something always mm-hmm. got something up his sleeve that guy i could mm-hmm. see him with two second round picks i could see him getting if he's looking to move players and contracts and and money he can play with that right like there would be something there because I do I have this gut feeling that he's going to be very active because he's got to figure things out like I think this summer he's going to definitely be making some bigger moves and again I'm I'm sorry I'm preemptively sorry for those of you that are attached to players Kirsten you know what I knew that was a direct hit at me and I'm going to call you out for a sec. You also said Dean Evison was probably going to get fired. And he I still think he so. should be. I still think he That's, should be. Well, whether he should be or he is are two very different things. So just because of that, I'm going to say Marcus Felino is probably safe. Because what you yes. said in that moment was the opposite. So the reverse jinx. Oh, we're going back to Kevin Gorgs. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm so never right. I've just so really I'm not going to lose sleep over it because he's safe. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing I want to remind people about the NHL draft, it's not the NFL draft. It does. It matters, but not as much as like the NFL. You're not seeing these guys that are going to come in and be immediate impact players. Very far and few between. Again, not everybody is a Connor Bedard. But speaking of the NFL, they get all hyped up about the schedule and it's only 17 games. And I can understand that. I do shout out to the social media teams, shout out to the NHL playoff social media teams first, because gosh, I just love it. Like it's a whole new level of savagery, beautiful stuff happening. Uh, But no, the social teams take the schedule stuff. Fantastic. That is fun. I do enjoy that. Otherwise I think it's stupid. I think it's dumb. I cover the Vikings over on score North with my own show there. We talk Vikings. I think I get football is crazy. Football fanatics. Kirsten, you're a big football gal. What I mean, like, I just don't understand the hype over a schedule. Like it does. You can it. It's dumb. I love schedule release. I do. I love seeing the opponent like you. I used to like back in the day, high school, when I had more time on my hands, when I would come home from school, turn on NFL live. That's what I would watch every single day. And especially when it got to around schedule, schedule release time. Can I even talk today? Probably not. Clearly not. Um, no, it was just exciting. Cause I love seeing who you're going to face off against because also too, like that's going to determine what kind of season you have. Like, do we have a shot at the playoffs? Like seeing who our opponents are going to be. I think in the NFL, it is easier to kind of determine that ahead of time almost. And this maybe is a controversial opinion. Like you're going to go through those 17 games. You're gonna be like, okay, yeah, this is a probable win. We're not going to win that one. It's more predictable, I guess, as opposed to like NHL schedule. So I don't know. I think it's exciting. I don't. I I just I don't get it. I just don't. I don't get some of the nuances and the hype that we put around the NFL sometimes. Not to be like a Debbie Downer. I just I I'm gonna do it for the NHL this year. I, why not? Let's a do a schedule, schedule release. release. 82 games. It I it's just it's a it's a long season. I think yes, you can do your predictions all you want, but it doesn't matter it's kind of like the hyped up to the draft for the nfl it's like oh we think so and so is gonna go here we think this like it doesn't matter but okay also in the nhl you're playing like every single team 
regardless, a lot, some, especially in your division, a lot more in the other, a, a lot more than the others. Whereas in the NFL, you're playing teams in your division twice a season, but you're not going to see every single team during the year. So it's fun seeing those non divisional opponents or like even non-conference opponents. So let me know what you guys think in our comments. I want to hear, are we big fans of the NFL schedule release? Should we do an NHL schedule release just for shits and giggles, if you will? I would love to hear it. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Curse and I are going to break down the NHL award predictions. Who's a lock? Who's been snubbed? All that good stuff. Stay tuned. Bye. All right, guys. Now that it's the hockey offseason, who's ready to get beach bod ready with me? Thanks to Livia, I am averaging a weight loss of two pounds per week and keeping it off. I couldn't be more grateful to my Livia team at the Woodbury Clinic for keeping me on track in my weight loss journey, to which I've currently lost more than 15 pounds and counting. Start your success today and join now to receive three months free plus a free gift. Just call 855-GO-LIVIA or visit Livia.com and let them know Jesse Pierce and the Bardown Beauty sent you. That's 855-GO-LIVIA or visit Livia.com. We back segment two. Let's take a peek around the NHL. Uh, first, Toronto. Should we just like touch on that a little bit again? Or I would like, love nah? to talk about Toronto. Let's, you know, I, uh, I was last week, I was like, yeah, I'm feeling Toronto. I'm let's do it this week. I'm like, oh, it's Toronto, except just in the second round. It is Toronto just in the second round. I didn't know what to expect from them after that first round. I think this year everyone had a different vibe potentially about the Leafs <clears throat> when we saw them in just in the playoffs in general, we're like, okay, like this team, <clears throat> sorry, I have like, a hey, that's happened them. to me. You know, <clears throat> I can, I can cover for you. Thank you. No, but um, yeah, the Leafs, we, th I thought that they looked like a legit team in that first round. I think one of the biggest differences is Matthew Nyes. Look at how huge he mm. was in the series against Tampa, a man on a mission, um, especially playing against the team from the city where he probably had like one of the worst games of his entire life losing the national championship. So I think he had a chip on his shoulders, but now you don't have him in the second round. So I think that is a huge, huge loss. But also Toronto, just be Toronto. You really pulled the Florida thread there, didn't you? I didn't even make that. I was like, what is she talking about in the one of this? <laughs> I what? get it now. Yeah. I, no, I was. Yeah. I, 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 it took me a minute. I was catching up. I was playing catch up. That was good. I just, that was, I liked it. I'm proud of you. you. Still trying to figure it out. I mean, it wasn't in Tampa. Sunrise and Tampa. I don't know how close they are to each other, but I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Because he's a gopher, right? Correct. M I N N. No. Oh, T-A. No. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the award predictions uh, because we, you know, we're recording this on a Friday. Maybe Toronto comes back and surprises us all. I doubt it. I really doubt it. It would be shocking, but we'll see. Uh, NHL releasing their finalists for their major end of season awards. We got the Ted Lindsay Award, which is the NHLPA's MVP. We got the Masterton, which is Perseverance. Jack Adams, your coach. Norris, best defenseman. Calder, your rookie. Lady Bing, your best forward. The Selkie, your best defensive forward, which is basically just the Bergeron award at this point, but whatever, we'll, we'll get into that. And then your Vezina, uh, which is your goalie, the heart as well, which is your league MVP. Kirsten, 
any snubs in any of those categories that you want to discuss first or do you want me to dive into each category and let you know the finalists and move from there I'm trying to think off the top of my head I think there was a huge snub as far as the Norris goes I'm trying to remember his name I think he was from Buffalo hold on it's coming to me um his name's like on the tip of my tongue. I can picture him. He played in the all-star game. Help me out um, here. I'm blanking. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it's not Dolan, right? Is it? Oh, and power. Right? No, no, Dolan. It is Rasmus Dolan. Yes. Dolan. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I say that, that was a huge snub. And I think too, he was fighting injuries throughout the season. Um, him not being in there, I think was a big snub, but that's probably the biggest that I can think of off the top of my head from that group. So that's what I would say as far as snubs go. I mean, I think Owen Power also probably could have been up in the Calder conversation. 20-year-old did phenomenal things for Buffalo. But Buffalo just had just such an awkward up and down season. I think you say Saros also for Nashville. I think his name should always be tossed out for the Vezina, but it's hard to argue against Allmark, who mm-hmm. was with Boston, against Connor Hellybuck with Winnipeg. And Ilya Sorkin, Sor- Sorokin, excuse me. I always want to say Sorkin, like Peter Sorkin, like I, Ilya Sorokin. You need to find something that rhymes with it so it stays stuck in your head. Smart. I like that. That's a good, it's a good mentality. Uh, your Ted Lindsay Award, which probably the one that is of least excitement. Uh, Eric Carlson, Connor McDavid, David Posternick. Masterton, Perseverance. Here's our one connection. Us Minnesotans, we love to make connections, you guys. Here's our connection. Alex Stalock is up for the Masterton, uh, along with Clayton Keller and Chris Letang. Love Stalock. Love what he has been able to overcome. He had some health issues related to COVID. He continues to get out there, solidify himself as a starting goaltender in different places. He's kind of bounced around uh, a journeyman, if you will. And we just love good friend of the pod. We'll probably have him on to chat. Uh, Love him. I think it's going to be hard to beat Chris Letang and everything that he's been through. Yeah, I think it is too, but uh, let me, let me. There's just, I will say this. Can we go back? Can we talk? Are we going through now and talking about each one? Sure. Which ones we think? Yeah. So uh, for the Ted Lindsay, if it's not McDavid, I don't know. I don't know the criteria for the awards anymore then. Connor McDavid. I mean, yes, he was huge for Boston, but look at everything McDavid has done throughout this entire season, just shattering records left and right, setting his own personal bests. I just don't know how you argue against McDavid with the numbers he's put up this year. Yeah, I mean, but I think it'll be faster. That's fair. I just, again, I don't know how you say you don't vote for McDavid. We'll see. We'll see. Again, the it's the NHLP, the Players Association. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Jack Adams. Now, this one gets interesting because... Again, each coach, I think, is is rightfully in this conversation. Dave Haxtell of Seattle Kraken. You've got Jim Montgomery out in Boston and then Lindy Ruff in New Jersey. Um, that's a tough one. I really don't know. I mean, I think you look at what Haxtell did with Seattle. And the only problem, here's my deal. Here's It goes back to Gophers because, of course, it does. I cannot have it seared in my brain. When Dave Haxtell was flicking off 
uh, the Gophers when there was that big line brawl at the end of the game when they're shaking hands and then Ben Gordon gets pulled out and Blake Wheeler while they're like after the Gophers beat North Dakota and Dave Haxel's kind of stirring it up too. I can't get it out of my head, so I hate him. Uh, hate's a very strong word. I obviously don't hate him, but that's why I can't support this man because he just, that's why, but North I think he's in Dakota. a gym. North Dakota. Yeah. That's, you said it with the thickest accent I've heard in my oh entire life. Oh my God, life. did I? North Dakota. It's fishing open weekend. I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking of being on the lake up in a boat and going out and catching some lies, eh? Maybe. But Maybe. he's just a passionate man. Got really passionate into man. the game. Uh, Jim Montgomery in Boston. Obviously, everyone knows what Boston does. But Jim Montgomery had some slip-ups himself. He had entered rehab, had uh, some alcoholic problems and tendencies that ultimately got him fired from um i believe it was dallas back mm-hmm. back a couple of years ago before he rejoined the boston bruins uh so that's good for him personally but then what he was able to accomplish in boston and then lindy ruff again new jersey i think surprised a lot of people myself included obviously their season over after falling to the carolina hurricanes but a lot of good happening in jersey who's your pick kirsten for the jack adams I think it's going to be Hackstall. I just, I'm Mm -hmm. very impressed with him. I think last season I wasn't fully convinced on him that inaugural year with the Kraken. But again, I guess what can you expect from building a franchise literally from the ground up, coming in, um, mushing all of these players together to see what you really have. But the turnaround this season, like even just very consistently, like the Kraken were consistently quietly good at the start of the year and then to be where they are now huge success I I would my vote personally Hackstall I think that that's probably a safe way to go the other reason I like Montgomery again beyond the personal achievements for himself too but you look at and actually I guess all three of these coaches fit that criteria is they've done something different with a lot of the same pieces that they had last year and just have overachieved almost not even overachieved, but have finally achieved with the pieces that they have like Boston. Like we said, I knew they'd be good. I didn't think they'd be this good. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a testament to to Montgomery. And I think nobody expected what they have seen out of Seattle, New Jersey. It's about damn time. They become good, right? Like, I think it's about time, mm-hmm. but who knows? So I, I agree with you. I think Haxel will give it to hack. It'll be fine. Norris, your defenseman, you got Adam Fox, you got Eric Carlson, you got Kale McCarr. I kind of, you know, usually Kale McCarr, I think is a safe one. Mm-hmm. I think, no, I'm going to go Eric Carlson. That's who I was going to pick as well. Everything he did with San Jose this year, another player just consistently good, doing all of the right things in all the right areas. I think, and I think this was part of the reason Darlene was snubbed. McCarr dealing with a lot of injury this season mm-hmm. as well. Um, so, I mean, that's no fault of his own. It's just, it happens, but I'm not saying that's going to be used against him by any means. Cause it's not going to be used against him, but I just think that's another way that Eric Carlson maybe has a little bit more of an edge over Makar. Oh my God. I am an idiot, by the way. Owen power. Yeah. In fact, is up for the Calder. When I had earlier stated that I have it right here in front of my face looking at it, but just ignore me, ignore me, ignore what I said earlier. Yay, own power. Uh, no sticking on the Norris, though. I mean, Carlson is a five-time Norris finalist, two-time winner. What he did in San San Jose had a tough year. We knew that was going to happen. It was a tough year. He did it without Brent Burns, obviously, too. But he helped establish the Sharks with a 14-game point streak. Um, he just had a phenomenal season, as he does. And he's doing it 
at an older age. I mean, it should be about time that his career starts to maybe slide down. He hasn't done that, which I think is tremendous. It gives mm-hmm. old mams like us hope, which I think is good. So Eric Carlson, go get your Norris again. Drop the ma'am. I heard that. Yeah, you like that? No. Uh, the Calder, the rookie of the year, Maddie Beneers out in Seattle. You've got Owen Power with Buffalo and Stuart Skinner goalie for your Edmonton Oilers. Again, I reiterate, I forgot that home. He should be. This is right. This is all, all is good in the world. Owen Power's up for the Calder. You're like a goddamn moron. I apologize for that earlier mistake. Hey, Maybe if Fred didn't cut it out, that's I, I accidentally called for Owen Power to be part of the Calder thinking he wasn't, but he is. Uh, Kirsten, who do you got for your rookie of the year uh, here out of those three? Finalists? Call it recency bias, maybe. Maddie Beneers. Mm. You're just sticking. You hate Seattle, but you're sticking with Seattle. I'll give credit where credit's due, but no, I don't want to see them go to the Stanley Cup finals this season. No. And I'm mm. sucking up a lot of pride. I'd rather see Dallas take the series than Seattle advance. Mm. interesting yeah. yeah that is very interesting um I kind I I agree I think Maddie Benier who's 20 years old and playing the amount of minutes that he is and I mean he's averaging over 17 minutes of ice time has 10 power play points 148 shots on goal he had four game winners he was number two pick in 2021 for a reason and I think he's a huge part of Seattle's success during the regular season and in the postseason, So it's hard to argue against him. But as I'd mentioned in my earlier rant, when I didn't think he was part of this, but he is, uh, Owen Power, again, did fantastic things. A defenseman, uh, one of the best defensemen, tied for second in plus minus, plus minus rating with a minus 10. Uh, he was the number one pick the year that Maddie Beniers went number two. So take that for what you will. And then I don't think Stuart Skinner's got a shot. Sorry. No. Uh, I think I love what Stuart Skinner did as a rookie goalie. And certainly Edmonton needs all the help that it can get in goaltending. Like they're fine offensively, but the defense sucks, right? Like I think it's just not great. Uh, so I, I think it'll be between power and Beneers, but I think you're right. I think Maddie Beneers probably has it. And it probably helps. I know people they'll say, oh, it doesn't matter that they're in the playoffs. Eh, it kind of does. Like, cause he's not, that's the thing about Maddie Beneers. It's not like he's, gone absent during the postseason either which speaks volumes uh about a player moving on to the lady bing your best forwards got jack hughes out of new jersey you got anze kopitar and you got Braden point uh jack hughes obviously the young little guy mm-hmm. of of the group person who do you like um again I don't know if this, this is probably a more unpopular out of the three. I'm going Jack Hughes strictly. Do you know why I'm going Jack Hughes? Have you seen like those clips and maybe it's just like my algorithm on social media, his mom. No, 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 not his mom. The (laughs) clips of him in like interviews with the media, like after a game, like getting asked questions, just how sassy he is and like how funny he is. Like, I love it. So strictly because of that, like, Forget the season he had, like just personality wise, I'm rooting for the guy. I laugh so hard every time one of those videos comes up. I just, I love him. I love him. So you have no respect for my job and what I need to get done. He respectfully claps back a little bit (laughs) and I love it. I feel like that whole NTDP class does because it might surprise a lot of people. Matt Boldy kind of does too. Like he can get a little, like he can kind of like, postseason I had asked him about 
the pressure and he's like no it's not pressure like I, there is there's that little kind of like arrogance Trevor Zegers obviously does the same thing so maybe it's just that TDP class um, very well could be I mean it's the first time that Jack Hughes is obviously a finalist Kopitar has been a three-time finalist and won it in 2015 and 16 Braden Point a uh, name that everybody else knows and loves as well. Uh, it's his first time too. Let's go with Braden Point, just for sake of difference. You know, okay. he was, you know, the Lightning. I think everybody thought the Lightning were going to take a huge step back, myself included. And Braden Point helped make sure that that wasn't the case, right? I mean, he led the Lightning in goals and was second in points with 95, a career high for him. Um, and he's just a, a fantastic centerman. So, I'm going to go Braden Point out of Tampa Bay for your lady being. Let's move on to the Selkie, your best defensive forward. As I had mentioned, it's basically the Patrice Bergeron award because I think he's won it. I don't like a, a several times, which is fair. He's incredibly good. He can win it for the second consecutive season in a record sixth time. So pretty damn close. Nico Hirsch, Hirsch, Hirsch <laughs> I don't know why that's so hard. Nico Hirsch. Hershier, Nico H out of New Jersey and Mitch Marner out of Toronto. Also your finalists. Um, I'm going Bergeron again. How do you not? Like, you not? I love Mitch Marner though. And you should, you I love, love Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner. Yeah. Mitch Sorry, I cut first... you off. Cause I just, I got really excited. I know. Cause you were thinking of his dog. I was thinking of his dog and how he yeah. put his dog's face on his skate. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marner, first time finalist. He had a career high 99 points in 80 games while averaging 21 minutes of ice time. Um, just he is everything. Like I know Austin Matthews gets all the claim to fame, but I love me so much Marner and he loves his dog. Loves the heck out of the, that dog. So we all agree. Bergeron, he's going to win the Selkie. Uh, Vezina, Connor Alibuck. Sorokin and Allmark, your finalists, agreed. You say Saros, no respect. No respect for him. Honestly, I think part of it is just because Nashville is so bad this season. Mm, it's true. I think uh, I think Allmark wins, right? I think Sorokin is everything, but Allmark playing through, what did he, he had like a hip thing? A, something, he played through that, which is also silly because they have, a backup goaltender who is better than most people's starting goaltender um, as well. But I think Allmark wins it. You know, that's my gut instinct, but I'm going to go Sorokin. Okay. All right. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I, uh, I can get behind Sorokin. He, uh, you know, the Islanders goalie, he would be the first Islanders goalie to win the award since Billy Smith in 1981, 82. But Allmark, Tied for the NHL lead and wins with Georgiev of Colorado. He could become, or Allmark was, excuse me, the fastest goalie in the NHL history to reach 40 wins in his 49th game. So, yeah, it's probably going to be him. He'd be the first Bruins goalie to win since Tuka Rask in 2013. I think the Bruins are just getting too much credit in these postseason awards. And I just, in my head, I'm like, there's no way that the league is going to give everything to Boston. Well, I mean, the thing is they can't, you know, celebrate a Stanley Cup win like we all thought they would. So you might as well give them something to celebrate, right? 
I guess so. Here's one thing. Here's a thought that I've had, and this is very on a tangent. I never, ever, ever, ever want to see the Minnesota Wild win the president's trophy. Keep that thing as far <laughs> away from Minnesota as possible. Like the last, what, 10 straight years, when you look at the statistics, whoever wins the president's trophy gets knocked out of the playoffs, whether it's the first or second round, most notably. So yeah. I get that thing out. So, of here. Maybe somebody on those teams are secretly touching it because you're not supposed to touch it. Maybe that's the thing, right? Like maybe they're oh, secretly. Kevin Gorg would have a heyday if we won it and he saw someone touch it. He would lose his absolute mind. Yeah. It'd be a problem. I'm just saying. It's cursed. Keep it mm-hmm. out of here. Sage it. We don't need it. Ugh, sage it. Let's, well, we'll see. We're going to take another quick break, you guys. Let us know what you think of your award winners of your postseason. Whatever, you know. Let's go for it. We're just going to we're going to move on. We're going to move on. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. All right, we're just spinning straw into gold in this week's episode, but we also wanted to get a little assistance from you all. We love our audience, love our engagement, uh, especially loving the comments on YouTube. So much fun to jump in there, see what you guys are thinking. Uh, and again, shout out to Kirsten for coming in with some great takes the past two weeks. I just, I'm so proud of you. I didn't even realize that like I was doing anything different. I really, because yeah. I feel like in my head, those are thoughts just running through my mind all the time. I guess I just didn't realize I wasn't saying them out loud. Yeah. <laughs> so. Finally have the confidence. I've just, I'm like, it's been a struggle to find anything cool that I've said the past two weeks. Really? And I'm like, that's all it's Kirsten's show. Now I'm just here. As I've said to you, I snap Mac and. I snapped back in March and I never came back. Like, yeah, sometimes March need changed that. me fundamentally March. as a person. You're a different person now. I, different. I don't know if it's for the better yet. The jury's yeah. out on that one. TBD, TBD. Uh, before we wrap things up, we want to remind you, we do have our cues with the Buttes YouTube segment all over on the YouTube channel and on our social medias. But let's give you a little teaser, a little teaser, if you will, for some of the questions we got from our followers and fans. Let's start with Matt K. He wanted to know, the Wild have enjoyed almost complete fan support despite very little postseason success. At what point, if any, do you see an interest start to wane or criticisms begin to mount as we have seen with other local professional teams throughout their postseason droughts? Fantastic question. Kirsten, what are your thoughts? I think we started to see interest dwindle in this year's Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, look at game three. And again, I'm going to go back to this. Game three at the XL Energy Center was the loudest, most electric vibe I had ever felt in that arena, especially for playoffs. And it carried throughout the entire night. But then you get to the last couple of games that we had back at home, just completely fans were not in it. Like you could feel the difference. Everyone was deflated. Um, I don't care if it was a Sunday crowd or what. It was just, there was no energy in there. So I think we started to see it in this year's playoffs but, and everyone's going to hate me. I don't see the wild even making the postseason these next two years. And so I think depending on how they're doing in the regular season, which I'm not expecting to be very great. I think we're going to see a lot more open seats in the stands. I don't think it's going to be the same energy and crowds that we've had the last couple of years or yeah, few, I, pretty much the entire franchise. Let's be honest. It's existing. We've had good crowds, but I think this is going to be a slump for the wild that we haven't really ever seen before. 
I mean, you're right. Like Minnesota has been at least blessed to get into the playoffs the majority of years. That's the one thing you can hang your hat on. But as Kirsten alluded to a couple weeks ago, like they don't give out banners for that. You don't get to participate, no participation trophies. Um, But more importantly, I think Minnesota fans are just kind of tired of the same old same every year. I mean, this year's Minnesota wild team, especially coming off of the Minnesota Vikings, big disappointment and big awful letdown in the playoffs. I think Minnesota sports fans in general were looking for the wild. I think for the past couple of years, people are like the wild are our best shot. The wild are the ones that are going to bring that men's championship trophy home. That's the team that we can all get behind and support. And they can't even get out of the first round either. There's it's just, I think people are, it's, it's fun to joke about being like, this is our lot in life of Minnesota sports, right? doesn't have to be, you could change that. Mm-hmm. You could do something about it. And I think fans, I mean, when you see how much money fans end up spending to go to a game, to get the jerseys, to support the team, not suggesting people stop doing that at all, but it gets harder and harder when it's like, all right, I need, need to feel that winning feeling, right? You want that winning vibe. You go back to Toronto, getting out of that first round and how the entire city was out of that block party, just going wild just to get out of the first round. I imagine it'll be very similar when Minnesota finally gets over that hump as well, but Yeah, I think it's fair of Minnesota Wild fans to want more, to expect more. But as Kirsten said, maybe don't do that the next two years. Maybe just be okay with what's going to have to happen. I, It still should be fun hockey. It's still great to come out and support the franchise and the organization. It's still going to be a ton of fun to be at XL Energy Center. It just might come with a little less success than we are accustomed to. Another thing too, and this is a little bit of beef that I have, I want to see the streets flooded with fans. Like, and I think part of it is on the wild. I think they need to set up an outdoor viewing area to watch the game if you can't make it inside. So I think part of it's on them. But you look across when you're watching the Stanley Cup playoffs, you see so many fans just outside cheering. I want that. I want to see that here. And it's kind of really sad that we we don't see that here. Like your state of hockey. Why do we not see our fans out and about like that? It's hilarious because my brother said the same thing and I was giving him grief. I'm like, well, where do you want them to go? He's like, they shut down West 7th for St. Patrick's Day. Why can't they do it for, which is probably true. Maybe that's something that we got to bring to the people, bring to the city, bring to Tom Reed, whomever, whomever. Somebody's in charge of that. Somebody can I guarantee the bars won't be opposed to it. The businesses on West 7th will not be mad. But yeah. anyways, I digress. Jesse, I have a question from at Urban Champ. And this one, I think you've got thoughts on. If you fire Dean, who are you bringing in? I, you know, I usually my gut instinct says Peter Laviolette. I really I love Laviolette as a coach. Sorry, I'm gonna let you. Right, I love, I adore him. I adore what he gets done in the places that he's been. However, I would love to see somebody new, just in general. Like I get very tired of the same old recycled coaches. Right, like I would like. That's where I think Dean as much questioning as you might have, like, oh, he's never done the head coaching thing. He's never done this. That's where I always am like, yeah, but it's kind of nice, kind of nice to see somebody else get that shot. Like eventually those other guys are going to get too old, but I would love Peter Laviolette, if not more, or if not slightly less, excuse me, than a name we haven't heard of. And I don't have that off the top of my head. Seth Appert, maybe college. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he could make that jump as easily, but you know, he does a great job developing kids which is always nice um you know who else does a great job developing young players mm. scott sandalin minnesota duluth head mm. coach. 
The Bulldogs are not going to want to hear that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Didn't he say that he wouldn't do NHL? He said, and I don't think I'm going to get in trouble for this. He said to me directly, if it was the right opportunity. Oh, okay. That was Always. a few years ago, though. Maybe something changed. I don't know. You never know. But you never know when opportunity knocks. Mm-hmm. So Scott or Pete, those are your two? Yeah. Also, Peter Laviolette never should have been fired from Nashville. Just saying. That seems fair. I mean, somebody's got to go down. Other teams love to fire coaches when they don't perform well. Uh, except the Minnesota Wild. I, sorry. Hey, we've uh, had our own little coaching carousel. We have. No, I mean, Bruce got fired for less, but. Yo got thing. fired, but that mm-hmm. was probably very deserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, final cues before the buttes. You can listen to all of our cues. Oh, cues with the buttes. Excuse me. Over on our YouTube channel. This one coming from Evan L. Would the Wild be in a better situation or a worse situation, Kirsten, if they didn't buy out twenty and eleven, which of course is Ryan Suter, Zach Parisi? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. So, what do you think? Would it have been better to not buy them out? And it, I feel like this is coming up now as people are now starting to recognize and actually feel the constraint, the python around the neck, if you will. What are your thoughts? As far as Parisi, I definitely still stand by the wild buying him out of his contract. Suter right now, it stings because we've seen how he's played for Dallas this postseason. However, I think the buyouts just go to speak about how toxic things were getting within the culture of the organization. Why do you think the the Parisi one you were okay with more so than the Suter one? Because I just think from what I have seen, and granted, I haven't followed Zach Parisi super closely, all of his stats. I He did have a pretty good season this year from what I hear. Do you have, th- you have thoughts on that? We'll get back to you in a sec. I think just right now it's... I've seen a lot more of Suter. He's been everywhere in our faces. But Dallas hates Suter too. I know. Like, I feel like there's, I agree. There's no buyer's remorse at all from me for Bill Guerin doing what he did. Um, I mean, outside from the toxicity that everybody talks about and that a lot of us probably saw and felt in the locker room. Um, and again, Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi are nice people too. Like I don't want to, they've always been nothing but kind to me. Um, but also I think just from a plain standpoint and an age standpoint, it was egregious to say 13 years in the first place. Like you knew how old they were going to be. Like you knew that was going to be a problem. It did not help. Obviously that Zach Parisi's back is, is messed up. Um, he did have a good year in the, with the New York Islanders, excuse me. He's uncertain. Of course, what happens next for him? Ryan Suter, obviously doing his thing with Dallas. Um, you know, I, I, but I don't disagree. I don't, I hate having regrets, especially when at one time it's exactly what you wanted. And that's exactly what the situation was is we all wanted to move on from them. We all wanted to, would it have been easier just to strip the leadership from them and maybe change it that way and play it out. And then you don't have those capper stains. I don't know. Right. Like maybe there was a different solution that you could have explored, but I think Bill Guerin just went off of his instinct and kind of said, nope, I'm, and that was the biggest splash that Bill Guerin made, right? He made his, it known, this is not two guys, a one person team. It's not a two person team. It's not just up to these guys. It's up to all of us. And it starts with me. So no regret from me 
Um, obviously the situation would be good from a cap standpoint, but that's about it. I, cause those, you know, Zach, I don't think is a top six forward anymore. Some from a playing standpoint, you wouldn't have that. I think the Minnesota wild defense needs to get bigger. Ryan Suter's a smaller guy, no matter how many minutes he can eat. Um, ultimately it, I, w- I don't want to say it would have been worse, but I don't regret it. So again, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Go listen to more of our questions from our fans and followers over on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like all the good stuff. Shout out to our friends at Talk North for featuring us on their network. Shout out to Greenbelt. Cheers to you. Cheers to me. We've got our live show coming up at the end of the month. Stay tuned to our social channels for more details on that. Royal Credit Union, less fee, more free. Livia, don't forget to sign up now. Get your three months free. Fantastic time to get summer ready. Excuse me. And Jim Beam, pour yourself a nice glass of whiskey. Sit by the fire. It's that time of year, off-season, baby. Have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll be back next week. This podcast is made possible due to listeners like you. Thank you.